I don't know if you're a follower of March Madness, but I bet you most of it, even if you're not a basketball fan, you have probably heard of March Madness. I mean, you can't come into March and, and not have heard that there's a big basketball tournament that's going on, and, and it just kind of takes up all the airwaves with uh, what kind of happens in the games. And, and what they do in March Madness is they take all the top teams in the country and they put them into brackets, and then they play each other. And what, you know, what it's trying to do, what we're trying to do is, is find a national basketball championship, a national basketball champion. But along the way, what happens in these brackets, there's always what they call bracket busters. And maybe you've heard of bracket busters. It's when one of those top teams plays one of the teams that is supposed to be the underdog, and, and the underdog wins. You know, they upset one of the top teams, and so one of those top teams is knocked out of the top of the bracket. Maybe they're not knocked out of the top ten. You know, they're, they're defeated, and they just have to wait, have to wait till next year. Uh, University of Virginia knows about bracket busters. University of Arizona knows about bracket busters. So anybody's the Cavalier, I, you know, apologies there. I got my own team, and they're still in, so rah. Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't mention any names, but some of you know. <laughs> But, it, you know, what happens is there are bracket busters. I want to tell you, culturally, I think in our country, the church has gone through a bracket buster. Because whatever happened to Sunday? I mean, whatever happened? Sunday used to be in the top ten, you know? I mean, it, it still is with God. You know, it's, it's still up there in the top ten. It's, you know, number four. It's ensconced firmly at number four. Between number three, which is, you know, honor, um, remember the, don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's number three. Got to get my commandments right. I do know that. And, and then number five, which is honor your father and mother. And there it is at number four. Remember the Sabbath. You know, it's still in the top 10 with God, and it used to be in the top 10 in, in the U.S., in our country. Uh, and here's where we're going to kind of get into dating yourself. How many people remember the blue laws? I mean, we used to legislate where, how, the, how Sunday was in the top 10. I mean, and on Sunday, as you all may remember, I mean, nothing happened on Sunday. I mean, the stores didn't open, no sports were played. I mean, it was the slowest day of the week. Nothing happened on Sunday except church and maybe going out to eat someplace. And that was what Sunday was all about. It was like a vacuum of activity and, you know, just kind of void of business and void of busyness. And that vacuum, that vacuum was just waiting to be filled. And you and I know that that's exactly what happened. That Sunday afternoon fell first. That what happened Sunday in the afternoon is first one store open, then another one here, one there, and then everywhere, you know. So Sunday afternoon just kind of became like every other afternoon. Every, everything's pretty much open. And then, and then Sunday morning followed suit, and it wasn't the stores. It was the sports. And I know I've kind of gone through that with my family and kind of what goes on on Sunday mornings there. And so Sunday afternoon fell, Sunday morning fell, and, and so the Sunday just kind of got started to get swallowed up, started to become like every other day of the week. And that happened in the culture, and then the church followed suit. 
I don't know if you know this fact, but it used to be you would ask people about, you know, what does it mean to have regular attendance at church? And, and people would say, well, regular attendance means every week or maybe every other week. I mean, it's, it's really pretty regular. And, and uh, I want to applaud all of you here today because y'all subscribe to that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So uh, that's amen good, you know. Uh, so when I say this next thing, you know, don't say, hey, the preacher said this, so we could do this. Uh, but, you know, statistically now, when they ask people, you know, what is regular attendance at church means, means like once a month. That's kind of the, kind of the norm these days. And what happens with that is that it's because of the way life is these days. Just people do work on Sundays. People have jobs where that kind of call them to, to be out working or, or the way people travel, the way people meet with other people, you know, family and friends. And, and the, way think, the way life runs these days is different than the way it used to run. And so you kind of get into this place where, where what regular means has changed. Now, now we can grieve that together. And, you know, part of me does grieve that, you know, but, but I, I tell you, I don't think it's going back. <laughs> You're not going to roll back time. That's, that's not going to be how things happen. And so what happens, I think, is that the church begins to find itself in a place where you say, say, what does it mean to adapt? What does it mean to be in ministry in a place where that's the way that, that life is? That's the way that, that things flow. You know... We may have lost Sunday, but the question is that I think comes from the scripture this morning, have we lost the Sabbath? Because Sunday and the Sabbath are not necessarily the same. When these scriptures were written, particularly the Exodus text and the Deuteronomy text, the Sabbath was Friday night to Saturday night. Every good Jew knew that. It goes from Friday night to Saturday night. You know, the Sabbath was not on Sunday morning. It's not when they gathered to worship God. It's only when the Christians came along and they said, you know what, Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday, on Monday morning, first day of the week, which is our Sunday morning. So, hey, we want to celebrate his resurrection and that's when we're going to gather for worship. And so the whole notion of Sabbath changed days. It went from, from Saturday, basically, to Sunday. And so the Apostle Paul comes along and in the reading that I shared with you earlier, there was kind of a tug of war going on in the life of the early church. He says, well, some people think it's the Sabbath is Monday, and some people think it's the other day, and they're kind of going back and forth over all of this. And, and the way that the Apostle Paul begins to resolve this conflict is like this. He said, whether you think it's this day or whether you think it's that day, he says, you really need to be fully convinced in your own mind. When you think about your life, when you think about your living and when you think about your dying, you really need to be convinced of your, in your own life that if you live, you live to the Lord. And if you die, you die to the Lord. So that whether you live or whether you die, the, the, the essence of what Sabbath is all about is that understanding that you are the Lord's. It's the understanding that you are the Lord's, that we are the Lord's, that there is a sacredness to life that is built into life, into the rhythm of life, into the way that God intends and purposes life. There is a sacredness there that we never want to lose touch with, that we never want to kind of 
lose contact with. And so in keeping the Sabbath, it's keeping that sense that your life is sacred, that the lives of the people around you are sacred, and they are precious. Precious to you, precious to others, precious to God. That's what Sabbath protects, and that's what Sabbath proclaims. And if we were to lose the sense of Sabbath, what happens is it gets swallowed up in sameness. What happens is every day starts to become the same. And if the seventh day becomes like the other six days that precede it, you and I know that what, what that really means is it gets swallowed up in busyness. It gets swallowed up in business. It gets swallowed up in activity. It gets swallowed up in a secularity. And, and what I mean by that is it, it loses that sense that we are the Lord's. That's what gets lost. And so what the apostle is proclaiming, and I think what the Old Testament is inviting us to do, is to make sure that we have a day that is not like all the rest. That we have a day that indeed is a seventh day. Because what happens in that seventh day, it norms the other six. What that seventh day does, it reminds you and it reminds me about the depth of our lives, the beauty of our lives, the love and grace of God in our lives that we have every day. And the seventh day centers us in all of that. The Sabbath centers us in all of that. And the apostle says, and the writers in Deuteronomy and Exodus then say, so keep the Sabbath. God created it. God commands it. And we are invited to step into it. We are then invited to keep it. We keep it, making sure that we have one day that's not like all the rest, because you and I need rest. Part of what happens in, in these particular scriptures is they bring forward the notion that we need rest. That was what the, the text in Exodus is based on this whole notion that the notion of Sabbath comes out of God's rest in creation. And it says, you know what? As people, what happens is that we work for six days and then we need to slow down. We go, 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 and then we slow, slow, slow. And, and, and that's how life works best. That's the rhythm that works best in life. We know that if we continue to keep on going, continue to keep on running, what happens is that eventually we wear down and at the end of all things, then we break down, you know? If every day is the same, at the end of all that, we break down. And we know from studies on sleep that sleep is not overrated. Rest is not overrated. It used to be, and for the sake of productivity, I would hear people talk about, well, I can go on four, five, six hours of sleep a night. You know, I've heard people talk like that, and I've heard people say that, and then what the studies show now is that really, uh, that doesn't work well. You really need seven, eight, nine hours of sleep a night, not four, five, six. That we as people need rest. And the argument of the scriptures, even God took a rest. Even God on the seventh day, even God had to take a nap. Even God rested. And since we're made in the image of God, we need to rest also. We need it physically and we need it spiritually. Because I don't know about you, but if I don't slow down, if I don't stop, then when I look, I don't see, and when I listen, I don't hear. I, I need to slow down so that when I look, I can see. And when I listen, I can hear. 
say, when you and I slow down, that's when we look out and we see. And we, you know, I, I think about we look out and we see a sunset, we look out and we see a sunrise, and then when you look out and you see it, you can really see it. And you see it for its wonder. I mean, that's what happens with Sabbath. That's what happens with the notion of slowing down. You can see it for its wonder. And when you listen, you can really hear. You can listen to the cries of the people who are all around us in the world. And what happens is when you slow down enough, what rises in your soul is compassion. And you have to slow down for that to happen. And you have to slow down to listen to your own heartbeat, to remind yourself that you're alive. When was the last time you listened to your own heartbeat? How's that sound? God says we need rest. God says we need rest physically. God says we need rest spiritually. That's where the Exodus text comes from. The Deuteronomy text comes from the same place, but it comes off a different rationale. And what the Deuteronomy text is, Moses again gives them commandments as the people are about to enter into the promised land. What is, is happening there is that Moses is reminding the people, if we find ourselves busy, 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 six days a week, seven days a week, we never slow down. He says we find ourselves getting caught up in our work, caught up in our work in a way that as we, as we talk about our work, we say, I am so stressed out. I, I'm so overwhelmed. You know, it, it never quits. It never lets up. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your jobs. I've experienced that occasionally. He says, you know what? When we find ourselves in that place, Moses said, our ancestors were in that place. Our ancestors knew what slavery meant. They knew what it meant to make bricks without straw. They knew what it meant to be overwhelmed in terms of their work. They knew what it meant. They knew what it meant to be slaves. But the argument for taking a rest in Deuteronomy is this. We are not in that place anymore. That's what Moses is saying to the people. We are not in a place anymore where we need to be slaves to our work. We are not slaves to the six days because we are people who are normed and formed by a seventh day. And so he says, what we do in that seventh day is that we remember that we are not simply stressed, which is what the six days do to us. <laughs> we remember that we are also blessed. That's what the seventh day does for us. It reminds us that we are blessed. And so what we're invited to do in that seventh day is we're invited to spend time with those who love us, and particularly we're invited to spend time with the God who loves us. And to me, that's what happens in worship. When we come and worship, the blessing that we share together is we are gathered in the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ, and we come together in, in that place and in that space, and that's not a, simply a physical statement, that is a spiritual statement. When you and I come here, the grace, the love of God in Jesus Christ, we're entering into that place and into that space in ways that can restore and rejuvenate us as people. And so we're invited to do Moses says, is to be blessed by that Sabbath where we join together in corporate worship. And then there, during throughout the week, 
We're also invited to be blessed by having times of private worship, individual times with God, your time with God. And whether that's early in the morning or late at night or before dinner when you gather with your family or perhaps just kind of you're driving down the highway, you say a prayer, you know, I mean, just just have that individual time that you share with God to remember that life is more than stress, that their life is also a bless. You know, Sabbath invites us. That's a Sabbath place. That's a Sabbath time. And it's time with God the God who loves you and who loves me and Jesus Christ. It's also time to be with the people, the family and friends who love you in your life and to, to treasure those family moments, treasure those moments with friends and know that really and truly those in my mind are, those are pretty sacred times. You know, I think about growing up and I think about the family times that I shared and I look back on that now and boy, those were, those were, there were some beautiful times. What we want to do is to know the sacredness of those times. And Sabbath kind of calls us into that, not simply in terms of what we remember. It calls us into that in terms of how we live our lives in these days. So that we spend time with those people who mean a lot to us. And we spend time with them in ways that we kind of are relaxed and renewed and refreshed in the love that we share together. And I remember growing up, our Sabbath actually kind of started on Saturday night. We'd go over to my grandmother's house every Saturday night. We'd always eat roast. That was, that was what we did. And then we'd come to church on Sunday morning, and, and that was Sabbath. It was time to be with the people you love. It's time to be with the God who loves you. And that just kind of refreshed your soul. And maybe for you, it was Sunday morning and then maybe lunch afterward or maybe, you know, something like that where, where you have time in your life to be with the people that, that you love, and, you love and, and love you. We're invited into that Sabbath place. We did a day that's not like all the rest because we do need to rest and we do need to know that we are blessed and we do need to remember that you and I, we are the Lord's. Remember, Sabbath is to receive that gift. You know, over these last weeks, you've been kind enough as we've gone through this series on essentials, and we've been kind, you've been kind enough to allow me to come into your cupboard, kind of look at what's going on in your pantry. You've let me come into your closet, kind of look around at your clothes. You've let me come and be with your clicker, you know, your controller in your uh, computer screen or your TV set. We've been there. You know, last year, went, uh, last year, last week, we went to your garbage can. Yeah, we go everywhere, don't we? <laughs> what we're going to do this week is I want to come with you into your calendar. I want to come with you into your calendar. I want to invite you to think about your calendar, to look at your calendar. And just, as you look at your calendar, is there a slot on your calendar that says, me and God? Obviously so, because you're here. <laughs> This is good. I want to affirm you in that. It is an amen good thing. But, you know, on Sunday, that's great. And, and throughout the week, do you have a, a time that you set apart? And you say, this is for me and God. Because as I go through life, I just want to be refreshed and renewed and reminded of the sacredness of life and the depth of life and the goodness of life. And grace does that. So I got this slot for me and God. I want to invite you to look at your calendar. And look at that, and then secondarily, as you look at your calendar, you have that slot for family and friends, and say, you know what? This is a slot that I also need. I need both of these slots because life is, is too short not to have them, you know? 
because I don't want to have all six days swallow up the seventh. I don't want to swallow up the Sabbath. What I want to always remember is that there's a sacredness to life. Jesus said it this way. He said, Sabbath is made for us, not us for the Sabbath. And what he meant by that is that the gift is Sabbath. God gives the gift to be a spiritual blessing, not a religious burden, but a spiritual blessing that we can be together in that love of God that is ours in Jesus Christ. You know, the last hymn we're going to, or the same hymn we just sang is, you know, take time to be holy. You know, God creates Sabbath. God commands Sabbath. God gives Sabbath. And what we're invited to do is take it. To take it. To take that time and to be holy and to be blessed and to remember always, remember always that you are the Lord's.